0: When your children are little, it's pretty common for them to be afraid of um, little things. However, as they become teens, those fears can start to change and grow, and we'll talk about that today. I'm John Fuller, along with my Focus colleague, Dr. Danny Huerta, and Danny, what do you think are, and what do you see in your counseling Mm -hmm. practice, uh, what some of the most common fears that let's say, preteens and teens are dealing with today.
1: Man, there's so many yeah. uh, out there. And, and it, it really can become very controlling in a, in a teen's life. And, and kids tend to cope differently with those fears as they show up. Most, the most common ones are related to a sense of belonging. Am I enough? Uh, will I be alone? Will I be accepted by others? Will I be liked? What do people think of me? And then... Uh, many times it's about sense of competence. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I do things as good as this person? It, it, will I be humiliated if I show any type of weakness? And then the body image one. Uh, am I am I pretty enough? Am, am I handsome enough? Do, will people like me or not like me? And then uh, another one is the fear of the future. What's going on Uh, in the future, the unknowns, and having that play over and over again. Those are the most common fears I've seen in my practice with Mm -hmm. teens.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and hear some more things about fear from uh, a counseling biblical perspective. Josh and Christy Straub are very open about
2: uh, how they've dealt with their children and fear, and here they share now with Jim Daly well and one of the things you're stressing i want to stress even further being that student of your child um Mm -hmm. i think that's so critical and in our adult busyness you know we we can go right by that and we just think it's behavioral and then we respond to that you know go to your room for the next hour or some kind of disciplinary Mm -hmm. issue and we're really missing the deeper cry of our child's heart yeah and that that then can set you up yeah. for a disastrous relationship with your kids because then they're they're not knowing if they can trust you. Yeah, And even if they can't articulate it, you, you have to be the adult to say, okay, let's talk about this. What are you feeling? What's going on in your life right now? Yeah. But it takes time to do that. You gotta slow down and talk.
0: And I think too, we can't be afraid of what we're gonna find. I think so often parents ignore it because we're afraid of what's going on underneath.
2: Well, certainly by age. Yes. I mean, you have that conversation with a teenager. It's different than with your five-year-old. Exactly. Let's talk about that. What are some of those signs that you see by age and stage, if I could say it that way, you know, in a five-year-old? What are signs maybe then a 10, 12-year-old and then a 15-year-old?
3: Yeah, great question. And I think, you know, um, and I want to speak to this even as adults because how how we manifest fear as adults too, you know, because it's developmentally, you know, it goes on. Well, these are, let me ask you, I mean, you're a PhD. Uh,
2: These are uh, patterns that are developed in your childhood that Mm -hmm. you will carry into adulthood if you're not taught or you don't learn
3: when we suppress them, how to manage them. You can't suppress, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Solomon wrote this in Proverbs 24. He said, uh, patience is better than power and controlling one's emotions than capturing a city, huh. you know? And the idea there is if you can't identify your emotion, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to have control of you. Right. And so, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, I think we're, as parents, we're so afraid, as Christy was saying earlier of what's really gonna come out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, if we ask, we're gonna lose control over it. And the reality is if you don't ask is when you'll lose control over it because we suppress, we deny, uh, or we repress these emotions. That's when it gets dangerous in us as adults, as children. And I think what's interesting today is, is, and again, just becoming students of your children The danger is, especially as you hit those teenage years, you know, in five year olds, uh, you know, preschoolers, you can see it behaviorally. You could see it, you know, as I mentioned earlier, withdrawing, um, you know, maybe there's some changes in social situations, But as you get up into those 10, 11, 12 and teenage years, what we're doing now is finding is, you know, screens are a major problem as it relates to how we suppress emotion, even as adults. You know, we turn to screens instead of being able to sit with our emotion and be able to experience our emotion. We use screens to numb it out. And I think especially in those preteen years. Games, uh, video games for boys. This is generally speaking, but video games for boys typically. And then social media uh, for girls and the idea of building social relationships. Uh, Those preteen years are really, really difficult years uh, for teenage girls trying to find where do they fit in relationships. And... And, and so if we as parents aren't paying attention or we're just giving them the screen and letting them kind of do their thing, we're building a wall between our heart and their hearts. Right. And I think equipping
2: your teen, I mean, again, it's going to be a tough fight. I, with the great advice that we received is just delay as yeah. long as you can, which Gene and I attempted to do. I think Trent, you know, he got his first smartphone at 17 mm-hmm. and wow. Troy was yeah. 15. And that was, I, I kind of felt we did pretty well mm-hmm. with that and uh, yet at the same time that's a battle even then it was a battle then how much time do they spend on it well yeah
3: yeah. and I think the key is is you know whether screens or no screens or however it is especially as it relates to worry and emotion creating an environment where our kids feel safe to talk about their emotions is critical especially Mm -hmm. for From a very early age, and I know for even in our marriage, you know, we were just talking about adulthood earlier. Like, there's times where Christy and I will get into arguments, no, or we'll get into like (laughs) discussions, discussions, very heated, heated discussions. But like, you know, it's so funny because it starts as like, you know, you start to feel the distance, you get passive aggressive, oh, John and I, we don't understand this, yeah, (laughs) you you know, and you're like balancing your relationship, and then all of a sudden, you know, a week later, it's like it all blows up and you have your fight. But then we find that the pattern for us is like, then another week later, you st- things start to settle down. And if we would have just started here to begin with, yeah. it's like, we just start sharing our emotions with each other. And the problem is, is that so often, and we experience this in our own relationship because we can't tend to be codependent with one another. It's like, if she shares a deep emotion, I feel like I have to fix it. Or if I share a deep emotion, she's feeling like she has to, you know, carry the weight of that and like, you know, fix me or something like that. And it's like, at the end of the time, if we just share our emotion with one another without trying to fix it, that's all I needed. That's all she needed in her sadness and grief. All she needed was for me to just listen to her. And she feels a million percent better. Mm-hmm. And it's like being able to translate that into our kids, mm. where we're okay yeah. sitting with our kids' emotions and letting them share.
0: Well, Danny, I loved how Josh and Christy brought up um, how our homes need to be a safe place. And you've talked about this for emotions. Mm -hmm. They really expanded on that. Some parents might be thinking, well, my child is just like over the top emotional. I can't handle all of the drama. I don't even know where to begin.
1: What's your encouragement for them? Well, it's hard to handle other people's emotions just because we don't fully understand the story behind the emotions. So it takes time to to understand what is behind that. And if somebody is just constantly popping emotions out, big emotions, the, either it's fear or it's uh, the drama of uh, all of a sudden they're angry and then they're happy, it can be very tiring. And what I want to uh, just encourage uh, you with here, parents that have this in your home, is that the more you invest in helping kids understand their emotions and how to manage those, the better they handle those, Sometimes the most emotional kids are the most present, most relational hmm. kids that you can know because then they can empathize. They can; uh, they're sensitive to the world around them. There can be there can be some great results from having the emotional, an emotionally intelligent child. So, yeah. as a parent, invest that time. Help them understand what it is that's going on inside of them. Help them relate it to other things that may be going on in life and give them the tools to move past the emotion where the emotion is not in control. It's the thought that you bring in that helps guide and, and, and shape the emotion for your use mm-hmm. to help propel you in a certain direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. And uh, boy, I've been there where all I can do is just listen and say, wow, that's, that's mm-hmm. tough. And uh, sometimes that's really what a child needs. They're not looking for answers. They're not looking for that logical component. They just want to be heard Mm. and kind of permission granted to almost be one of Job's friends to sit and listen quietly. for And John,
1: yesterday, so my daughter, right? big, big emotions, big disappointment. I walk in her room. She said, no, I just need space. Don't want to talk to anyone. Big, big emotions. So I said, can I just stand here and just listen to what is going on? I'm not going to say anything. And she appreciated that. Uh, she said, Really, Dad? Well, and then she just was that, throwing out all that the was emotions. Permission. Yeah. And I just listened and she kind of laughed. She wanted the lights off. And I just stood there, lights off. I said, I don't know where to sit. She said, Dad, if you could just stand there and listen, that'd be great. so <laughs> she just poured her heart out. Mm. And then she asked the question, What do you think about this? And that was my green light. That to was step your in. open door. And yeah. it's just being present and willing to listen first. Yeah, is where don't we can start. don't
0: miss that opportunity. Listen, yeah. listen, listen and and be there. Uh, the time to speak will come. I appreciate that story. That's good. Well, if this is hitting home for you and you need someone to talk with, uh, someone to listen to you as you process emotions in your home, please know that the Focus on the Family counseling team is just a phone call away. Our donors make it possible for these caring Christian counselors to have An initial consultation with you over the phone, Uh, 20 minutes or so, they'll hear you, they'll empathize with you, they'll suggest some next steps, and they can even connect you with somebody in your local area if you need to have an ongoing conversation. So please, just know um, 800, the letter A in the word family. Uh, When you call, ask to speak to one of our counselors. We'll be privileged to be a part of whatever's going on in you and in your home. And for follow-up on what Josh and Christy were sharing, they have a terrific little resource for children. It's called, What Do I Do With Worry? And uh, we'll send a copy of that book to you when you make a monthly pledge or a one-time gift of any amount to the ministry of Focus on the Family. All the details about donating and uh, connecting with resources are in the show notes. Next time, Dr. Gary Chapman joins us to share about how to use your words to bless your kids. Uh, For now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and our entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.